Welcome back to Seen It Before, where we're probably going to say something stupid about your favorite movie, because we've seen it all before. I'm Danny. A little, little stutter step there. You, I did, you almost, yeah. you almost messed it up a little bit. Yeah, I mean... That's fine. You know? At least I don't have to have a script like we used to. Yeah. You know, so I always forget it. <laughs> it took you so long to memorize that one thing. And mm-hmm. it was just, I still can't memorize the Duel of Debates I'm going to convince you to... I'm going to write a script for you for Duel of the Debates, and you're going to read it every single time. That is fine, because I'll have to do the same exact thing and memorize it. Anyway, this isn't Duel of the Debates. This is regular Scene It Before podcast, and we're watching good old Once Upon a Time in Hollywood this week. So, well, there we go. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood this week. Yeah. Um, the glare. We have two... Guests. Two guests this Did time. Yeah, we got Cameron and we got Gavin. Gavin, you've been on before for our Spider-Man 2 podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a while ago. Was oh, a, always a great time. <laughs> always good talking <laughs> Spider-Man. Cam, it's good to have you on. We've yeah. uh, talked a lot about movies at work and recently, and uh, it's, been a, it's been a great time. Yes, Very knowledgeable, especially with Quentin Tarantino stuff, and you uh, you have his new book. Right yes. Here. Yeah, yeah, um, let me grab it. Yeah, go ahead. Grab it. Um, so, what's... Uh, What's the deal with this new book? Like, what's it yeah. about? Yeah, um, it was published November of this year. Um, it is cinema speculation. It's a nonfiction book. It's kind of a his first foray into film history, kind of like the '70s. So it's just a little bit after the time period of the movie that we're talking about today. Um, it's really fascinating. He talks about movies like Taxi Driver, Dirty Harry, um, just kind of this fountain of information. It's like 300 pages and he talks about like 500 movies. Wow. It's just a lot to get through. And there's also a fun little behind the scenes of his uh, developing cinephilia. So <laughs> it's really good. And I highly recommend it if you're a big movie nerd like I think we are. <laughs> yeah, like all of us. Um, yeah. the, the, the cinephile's dream, in other words. Um, Very much. Now let's fix this one. Yep. We watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't know. It's got Brad Pitt yeah, yeah. and well, Leonardo. Sorry, sorry. I should have done that during you the intro. You, you go. We should have done that during the intro. Whatever. Anyway, it's fine. Let's let's get to it. The kings of introductions. <laughs> that one's actually not even close to our worst one. So. Well, so on the last duel of the debates, like uh, he like stumbled like three times, and Miguel was just like, uh, "It was way better than like the last five. I know, <laughs> dude. <laughs> See, it's getting better. Well, it's funny because you're just like, "Welcome back to duel of the debates." Um, housekeeping. Yeah. Let's uh, follow us. Yeah, follow <laughs> like, us, please. It is just funny because, like, uh, on his camera shot, like I have it set up through that window, so you see me in the background just going like, <sighs> like every time. He's like, <laughs> like we just like we're having it. So once upon a time in Hollywood, guys. So it's Quentin Tarantino's love letter to the 1960s, kind of is what I've heard him describe it as. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. I don't yeah. totally agree. Yeah. Um, Sharon Tate's feet. Sharon Tate's feet, there's feet in general in this whole movie. Yes. I mean, it's all dirty, you know, coffee grounds and whatnot on their feet to make it look dirty. I, I don't know. I think I read something like that. <laughs> okay. It was like weird. It was like wet coffee grounds and then something else mixed with it. I, I don't know. Something weird like that. Um, but yeah, the first note I really have. Um, oh, where is it? Oh, that's my trivia. Oh, Besides boy. the feet. Oh, boy. Let's move past <laughs> um, the feet. That's yes. the number one thing Please. about. <laughs> yeah, I, I put my trivia at the top of my notes. Anyway, so. Fun fact, they use Uma Thurman as a stand-in for the feet. Wow. <laughs> Did they really? No. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, anyway. Um, so, we starts off with, you know, all the... Uh, Oh, what's what's the show called in the movie? I totally forgot. Bounty uh, Law. Bounty Law. Yeah. Bounty Law. Bounty Law. We get to see a little intro with Brad Pitt and um, 
Leo, Leo, Jesus, Leo, Rick Dalton, and uh, Rick Dalton. That's his name. You're talking about Cliff, Cliff from just Cliff like someone. Yeah, that's yeah. the guy's name. Yeah. Dude, when I first saw this movie, Brad Pitt blew me away. I love oh Brad God. Pitt in this fucking movie. <laughs> He's so good. Won, won the Oscar for it. Exactly. He's so, so good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. He's so just nonchalant in the role. It's just like. Yeah, I mean Brad Pitt's just. Like he's kind of like an underrated, but like he, it's weird because it's like he's so famous and like well known for being a good actor. But I think everyone, um, you know, says like, oh, he's just he's handsome first. I think he's a good actor, like mm-hmm. in general. Like you know, you have so many iconic roles like Fight Club, mm-hmm. others. Yeah. <laughs> They're not coming to mind. Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. You're fighting in the basement. Yeah, <laughs> he kind of had a lull like after World War Z, where he didn't do anything for like God. four or five years, and then oh, yeah. he just kind of came back. Well, I mean, and now speaking doing... of lulls, yeah. Well, what we got the Revenant in 2016, 2017, mm, which he yes, finally won the Oscar which he for. Won the Oscar for, yeah. yeah. And then it's not until twenty nineteen when he comes back for Rick Dalton. True. I mean, it's they uh, they took some time and they've come back and they both kind of been doing a lot of stuff. Like, well, maybe not Leo as much. Yeah. But don't look up. That was kind of it. Uh, yeah. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. Well, the, the major major talking point about Leo now is just, you know, his dating past. But like, yeah. so, so I, I actually... His Italian wife, I think, in the movie, she's age appropriate. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he gets yeah. good. I saw, good. Yeah. I saw a theory, though, about that. You know how, like, he's like, everyone just assumes that he breaks up with them. I was like, oh, 25, you know, too old. Um, some girl did a deep dive on TikTok and is like... Um, Apparently, uh, on the ca- on the set of Titanic, he would always like fart in his coat and put it over Kate Winslet's face. You know, he thinks it's the funniest thing ever. You know, he was like sure. twenty five at the time, right? So then, her the- <laughs> apparently there was an interview for Don't Look Up where Jonah Hill had like a, a fart machine or whatever, and like it went off. He's like, and everyone's like, oh ha ha ha, fart machine is so funny, and they're moving on. But Leo can't move on. He just keeps laughing and laughing. So so this, this girl on TikTok, her theory is that you know. Leo's just so immature that once the girls turn 25, they're like, okay, you're too immature for me. You know, oh, so they're breaking up with him. Oh, that's wow. interesting. Oh, I yeah. haven't heard that. All so, right. I like that. Uh, <laughs> that's TikTok the research, you know. Yeah. <laughs> very, very reliable. But yeah, let's uh, let's talk about that first scene. We get, you know, all the clips of Bounty Law. We get everything else. We, you know, the flamethrower scene. Everything. Yes. Die, you Nazi bastards. Oh, oh, my did God. anyone order fried sauerkraut? Oh, yes. <laughs> what a line. <laughs> so good. Gorgeous. Uh, uh, classic Tantino one-liner. Yeah, it was yes. great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't cry in front of the Mexicans. Don't cry in front of the Mexicans. <laughs> I forgot about that oh one. God, yeah. That has like the same energy of like from Infinity War. It's just like you're embarrassing me in front of the wizards. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it really does. Um, that, that scene is lovely when we get to meet Al Pacino as the agent, Marvin Schwartz. 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 Which I think he's channeling a little Mel Brooks there. Which, mm, which maybe, I like. yeah, yeah. Actually, now you think, now I think about it, yeah. And it does a great job at establishing Rick as this just kind of sad actor. Mm. Um, he's he's stuttering, he's clumsy, and um, he's like very self deprecating, which I really find interesting because then because he's like, oh, I'm sorry, you had to watch my movies. I'm like, no, no, that's what an agent does. He watches movies. So it's, like, <laughs> it's okay, Rick. Well, right, I wonder right. if that's how like actual like you know big name actors are, where they're like really. Well, not exactly humble, but almost ashamed of themselves. Right. So, like, then they're going to these agents and being, you know, but like their whole thing is that they have to act. A lot of roles they have to act confident. They're leading men or leading ladies, 
Um, they have to act confident in their role. So it's like maybe they use up all that energy being this other person and they're just like literally the opposite. They become a body. Yeah. They're just like, I don't want to mm-hmm. do anything. That's why you got to take three or four years off and just <laughs> recuperate. Recuperate from yeah. a big role like that. Yeah. I, I, I get it. Especially because well, he's doing bounty law at this time. So he's like doing what shoots every week or year round, he's like, you know? So he's got to probably be exhausted by being, uh, yeah. I forgot, the uh, Jake something. Jake Cahill. Jake Cahill. There's so many names to memorize in this movie. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. And as they're leaving, we get that nice shot. It's kind of lower, and you see oldest in Hollywood on the uh, yeah. bar's billboard behind Rick, and it's almost like this looming threat of like, oh, God, I'm getting old. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be Jake Cahill yeah. forever. So he's probably, you know, I, I assume that Tarantino's kind of doing, like, modeling uh, Rick Dalton after, like, probably, uh, what's his name? Clint Eastwood. Oh, I was thinking. I was thinking. Um, well, that's, that's the other not, guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, he he played. Uh, <laughs> he, I know who you're talking about. He played I, Genghis Khan. You know? Oh, Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> no, not him. <laughs> uh, Stagecoach. Uh, John Wayne. John Wayne. Yeah. John Wayne. John Wayne. How did I forget his name? You know, I was I was, I was thinking, thinking of, Johnny Cash. Johnny Star Trek. Well, I mean, you're not far off. <laughs> I was thinking of Genghis Khan. I was thinking of Khan from Star Trek. <laughs> <You're> Khan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, That'd be hilarious. <laughs> just like, That'd be weird. He come, he's like speaking over like the thing. He's like, "I'm Khan Pilgrim." <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, as you mentioned, like you know, the distant Hollywood inside and everything. This movie did such a great job with you know set design and mm. just making everything look like the '60s. They yeah. they shut down that highway for like weeks on end mm. at, from like 12 p.m. to 2 a.m. every night to get that one shot mm-hmm. and it, it, it's ridiculous yeah. like you can see some of the behind the scenes footage of them making that and it's yeah. wild yeah i mean if, if if anyone has the blu-ray there's a lot of really good special features not only about the set design but also just the cars there's a whole featurette just about how great the cars are in this movie and i've got a buddy at college that we watched it with and he's a big car head and he was just like drooling the entire time <laughs> yeah. we know a big car head as well yeah yep mm. a guy we always bring up on this podcast anyway yeah he likes nazis he likes nazis he doesn't play. like them no, he just no, brings no, them no, up no, a lot no. oh kanye west <laughs> uh, well, this movie won oscars for writing and direct no probably nominated writing. though right like it was nominated i assume it, yeah it Tarantino was nominated. Nominated. what did it win for i think it won two supporting supporting yep Set des- production design. I think that's it. Right? I'm blanking on the other two. I think it's those. The one he, I mean, he he obviously won for writing at least. He won the Palm Door. Oh, he won the Oscar for Django. Did he win the Oscar for Pulp Fiction too? Or I know yes. he won the Palm Door for that. But yep. Yeah. Yeah. Palm okay. Door and it was nominated for like everything basically. Yes. yes. So, but yeah, only one production design. And mm-hmm. did any Morricone do this score too? Or oh, there's okay. no score in the movie. There isn't. It's, it's no, really it's, interesting. It's mostly pop soundtrack. Uh, the only score comes in at the very end when you've got that incredible crane shot as Rick's walking up yeah. to the Polanski house. And that score is borrowed from an old Paul Newman Western, The Life and Times of Roy Bean Hill, which is really good. Yeah. Um, oh, that's funny because that's like my favorite. That was like my favorite music in the whole thing. I was like, <laughs> oh, man, there's like an original, like an original score in this, but I guess. No, no, it's lifted. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, it, it worked really well. <laughs> I mean, I like that scene a lot. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Do you wish there was more original music in it? Uh, I mean, I feel like the way, the way it's set up, like with um, just the pop music, I feel like that works good enough, you know, because yeah, sure. they're trying to establish like the 1960s, which... I feel like the first 30 minutes of the movie is just like 
we're in the sixties. This is the sixties. And they do like such a good job with just like setting it up and like all the, like, um, all the products at the time and the TV shows. Um, I also like whenever they're driving in the car, you like hear the radio and you hear like whatever, whatever they're listening to, like music wise, or just like ads to from like yeah mug root beer. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mentioned mug. <laughs> uh, there's tanning. The tanning products come up. Um, perfume. Perfume's another one. If you have the CD of the soundtrack, it, it keeps all the old radio plugs, which actually the radio station that they use 93 KHJ, that's an actual radio station from the sixties. And on YouTube, there's a guy who has like archived a bunch of hours from the radio station and it's like the same announcer and everything. I guess they must have licensed it or something. But uh, yeah, I bet you he got paid really well by the, by the studio for them to use it in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like what a random thing to just be like, you know, like know. I'm just a real big fan of, a, you know, an audio file. I just like collecting all this stuff. And then a major studio, the Tarantino comes up to you. He's like, I want to use your entire YouTube channel for <laughs> the, you know, the background of this movie. Like that's going to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they linger a little too long on some of these scenes with, mm. you know, them just driving through things. That's mm-hmm. why this movie is two hours and 40 minutes long. It's like probably 10, 15 of it is just scenery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, it's great. This Not, movie doesn't have a story no. until maybe the last half, yes, you know, right. and that's and even then it's just very, very thin. Anyway, it's just a, you know, people remember this movie just for the big ending scene. You know? <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. Well, like, well, like I know you were saying, like it's your favorite Tarantino movie, and yes. I was wondering, like, like the entire time, like going into it, I think I was like thirty or forty minutes in. I was like, so what's the story? <laughs> what am I trying to like watch right now? Like, uh-huh. yeah. Um, the thing with Tarantino is like all of his movies are really well structured, right? Pulp Fiction, you know, non chronological. Reservoir Dogs has that awesome wraparound thing. Mm-hmm. The thing that I love about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and it's something that an English reviewer said, Robbie Carlin, he said, it's a movie where people are running out of time and all they do is waste time in the movie. Yeah, and I think that's, that's exactly, that's the thesis. That's perfect. Honestly, yeah. Because it's 69, the Manson family, I mean, you've got that awesome shower where they're like coming out of like the haze and everything. Like mm-hmm. that's what you're thinking in the back of your mind. You're like, oh God, this movie's going to end in yeah, glorious bastard it. style, bloodbath. And I think Tarantino yeah. kind of, yeah, he, he set it up way. pretty well. Yeah. For that. Well, that's what I like about Tarantino because, like, um, his uh, rewriting of history. No other mm-hmm. really, no other property or any media is really change. Like making it sort of like, um, like I was just thinking about this, like uh, when I was getting ready today. Like uh, the only other thing I can really think of that does tr- tries to like change history. It's the full premise of the thing. Right. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, 11 the whole premise is yeah. going back in time trying to stop the JFK assassination. And then even on that, it has dire consequences in the future timeline now. But this one, Tarantino just, like, it's he tells a story mostly about nothing, and then he just like, oh, I want to save uh, Sharon Tate. Yeah. And that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's like, oh, I just fix this little, you know, correction. And like in Glorious Passages, he's like, okay. I want to kill Hitler in my movie. <laughs> okay, do it. You know, and it just, you know, it, it, he doesn't have to give a crap about the future timeline. It just, he just does it. And like, it, you know, it's, you know, it's like um, writing the wrongs of history. He, I think, I think this is a movie where he's finally taking away his ego and mm-hmm. he's like, no, 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 I'm just going to be in service of the story. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. Love that. The non-existent um, story. <laughs> yeah. But I like, it's kind of like a dazed and confused slash mm. like uh, everybody wants some kind of thing. 
where it's like we're just watching these people exist yeah. and like it's like a, almost like a character study for like three different people yes and uh and then you know the manson family is thrown in there just for a little spice yeah, yeah but uh, yeah. I, when the when i was hearing about this movie when all the press was like you know oh tarantino's gonna do uh, a manson movie manson family murders movie i'm like i'm thinking like oh, that's not really you know tarantino's style to focus on a real life event and really expand it like the whole story and that's when I started thinking, like, then I saw this, like, saw the trailer, I'm like, oh, it's going to be in the background. I was like, okay, cool. And from what I remember, it was originally scheduled to be released, like, 50 years on the anniversary of the, the murders. Yep. And everyone oh. was like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that probably wouldn't I be. Wish, like, two weeks earlier or yes. something like that. Yeah. Which was the right call. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, they fucking handle it. Fucking handle it, Randy. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That scene, the Bruce Lee scene. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh. Dude. Okay, so I when I was like when I was like 13, I was like super into like um I was into this debate, you know, and um instead of like uh like uh you know, everyone's just like uh, who could beat Bruce Lee in a fight? And I'm thinking maybe the Fonz, you know, that's like like the only thing I could think of like American versus, you know, western versus eastern, you know, the guys, right? And um, I had this whole debate in one of my old screenplays where it's like, it was like, went on for like 10 pages. Just like, no, he, but you know, Bruce Lee would use his one inch punch. And you know, it, was like, it was a whole bunch of stuff, little arguments and stuff. And like, I've never, I didn't think like, you know, an actual like director slash writer like was involved in this debate. Yeah. And he just does it. It was like, shit, you know? And like, cause my, my argument was just like, you know, Bruce Lee, you know, he wouldn't really win in a fight. Cause like mass would kind of, you know, like, I don't, you know, however skilled you are, like, you can still get taken down by, like, a boulder coming at you, right? So, yeah. you know, and I, I Terrence like, just completely pulls out the rug from under him, is like, fuck yeah, yeah. that's like, you know, <laughs> I said, no, I didn't real vindicated Joe. moment, you know? Yeah, Joe, I mean, you, you just know. got run over by a boulder. Uh-huh. <laughs> didn't get run over by a boulder. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. If the boulder is Cassius Clay, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this weird undercurrent that I think, it's kind of around that time where we start to unlock Cliff a bit, because sure, he's charismatic. He's driving around in the car. He can do weird like ninja jumps to get up on Cliff on mm-hmm. Rick's roof. Yeah, but maybe he killed his wife. Yeah, he might have killed. His yeah. Wife. <laughs> well, that's that, the question. Did he kill his wife? You know, like weird <laughs> you just see him with the spear gun, like you know. Just, <laughs> yeah, I was really expecting it to go on for like a little bit longer, like the scene where they're on the boat together, like, and then no, they just it. they just kind of cuts away. Like I, it's like I want to argue, and he's like. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> like, oh god we might have actually done it yeah. it's kind of smart that they left that kind of like you know up in the air i i like that because it's a talking point like this yes. uh yes. what do you think did he kill his wife i don't i i don't know it was i think he he did just because like uh tarantino likes to frame his like you know uh, broken you know uh antagonist ish characters in a in a limelight so I think he definitely has the capacity to do it, and he definitely takes out the Manson family without a second thought. So I think he has the. He's also a veteran you know, too. So I mean, yes. yeah, he has the compartmentalization yeah. and able to do that. You know, so. I also agree. You don't really see. I don't really see him caring about people. So you as, know? as a, do we care that he killed his wife? Not really. I mean, she seemed like a bitch anyway. I mean, you know, but <laughs> yeah, I, I say you wow. too. Yeah. Um, no, right. I, 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 yeah, yeah, definitely. Just, and actually, um, for for oh. for a definitive answer, you ah. can pick up uh, Quentin Tarantino's novelization of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood on Ooh. paperback or hardcover. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> some smooth voiceover. Right there. So, does it ever reveal anything about that in the novel? Yes, there's a definitive answer, and yeah, yeah, he killed her. He killed her. Okay, <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. Oh. good. And um, also, the book expounds on um, 
where Cliff got his dog, which I think is really funny. Oh, uh, turns out it's a, a dog fighting ring that um, Cliff finds that her in. Makes a lot of sense. Yes, that's yeah. why this dog <laughs> is like commanded to like just turn into a death weapon. Like, <laughs> so the, did he do it out of like, the kindness of his heart to take to take her out of that, or like a, a guy owes him money? Yeah, and so he's like, so that sounds like Cliff. Right, yeah, well, why not just give me a dog? Yeah, <laughs> now kills his wife. You know, it's a dog fighting ring. He's very yeah. pragmatic. He's Kills, like Mike he from is. Breaking Bad. You know, he's like, you know, he'll do something that is in in his grasp. You know, that's a fan casting I want. Mm. Mike Ermintrout as <laughs> Cliff Booth. God, like maybe, he has to get up on the roof. He's like, well, maybe Jonathan Banks will be in, uh, you know, in the next Tarantino, like his last movie, right? Oh my god, oh god. totally. Just him and <laughs> Brian Cranston. Just have them both. <laughs> they just, but they're both like named Mike and Walter. So he's like, oh Walter, you can't do that. <laughs> and then, you know, Walter's just like, shut up, Mike. Let me cook my cocaine instead of meth. Cook, this cook, is cook in your cocaine. Do you cook your cocaine? Right, let me <laughs> mix my cocaine. I don't know how you make cocaine. <laughs> well, exactly because we don't do drugs on this podcast. Yeah, we're clean on this podcast. Well, alcohol is a drug. <laughs> <laughs> we <laughs> and sugar and well, we used to be advocates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't. You, have, you have since rebranded, though. We are yes, now yes. The we have seen it before. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the uh, the next scene I really want to talk about is the uh, the Trudy scene yes. where uh, Trudy is talking to. Jesus. Uh, not Jesus. To not Jesus. Jesus. Not, no, Talking no, to not Rick. To <laughs> well, that reminds me. Just a side note. Of, remember that movie Black Phone? Yeah. <laughs> where the girl's like praying. She's like, Jesus, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like a six-year-old girl, like, because like her, her brother's missing or whatever. But, you know, I'm just like, that's the funniest scene. Oh, no, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can okay. see that. Oh, it's so good. It's so funny. Yeah. so good. Oh. Uh. Um, yeah, it's what Scott Derrickson did instead of uh, Second Doctor Strange. That <laughs> <laughs> was so good. Um, anyway, yeah, so talking about, you know, his life as an actor and how he's on the decline and doesn't want to give it up and everything. It's just a really sweet scene. Also with a little comedy in there and it's just fantastic. Like a perfect casting in this movie for mm-hmm. most people, I'd say. Yeah. Like, <sighs> who plays the little girl? Who plays Trudy? I, I don't remember her name. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know. I, from what I remember, she like, she looks to me like the girl who plays Judith in The Walking Dead, but I might be way I off on that. I don't think it's her. I don't know. I do know that she shows up in the new Spielberg, The Fablemans. Oh, okay. Really good as the Sammy's sister. And um, she's also in I Think You Should Leave. The, the Netflix oh, really? show. Oh, really? I love the, that show. The, the uh, Tammy Craps doll. The doll where workers have been farting in the head. Now they remove the farts. They remove the farts. I, so I, just saw, I just saw a clip from that where it's just like, uh, where they're stuck in traffic. He's like, don't you know how to fucking drive? He's like, no. No. No, I don't know how to drive. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> he just genuinely doesn't know how to drive a car. <laughs> She's not Judith. Uh, okay. Okay. Um. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> the other funny one was like, um, they're doing like a record or a recording a song or whatever. And, and he's like, he's like, like, Hey Tom, you know, he's like, you know, like, your name's Tom too. No, that's why I'm so fucking confused. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways. Yeah. Saying, no, I mean, that's, that's really about it. I just wanted to, what did you guys think of that scene? Cause like, I, I thought it was one of the best scenes in the movie just because yeah. it was so serious yet. So nonchalant and, I, then the very next thing I just didn't really pay attention to too much, which was the, you know the actual like making of that movie. Yeah, I mean, but then I came back again with you know that was some of the best acting ever, and he's just like, mm-hmm. 
Oh, Rick, Rick, Rick Dalton. Rick, Rick fucking Dalton. <laughs> well, well it's, but it's like this. So it's played for a comedy in that whole scene. But like you can really, I don't know, Leo plays it in a certain way where it's like you, like, I mean, this whole movie, he's like, he's playing like, like Tarantino's making fun of him, but like it's very, like you can tell it's very serious yeah. for Rick where he's like, he feels, he's like, He's very like he's he feels like he's waning in his in his acting career, and you know he's getting outshined by you know a six year old actor, you know, and she's like talking all professionally with him, and he's just like you know maybe I am at, at the end of my rope, and then um, you know, and then he's even like so he I can tell in the scene where they're shooting that one scene in the bar, uh, and they're redoing it you know it's all in camera and stuff, the focus is on like the filmmaking, but then if you're if you're paying attention to Leo, he's um. You can tell he's got so much on his mind just thinking about like, oh, my career is dead. This is like my last kind of it's bit that drinks. I'm doing here. Eat fucking whiskey sours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he's like, he's very focused in the, I don't know, just the way he plays it. It's very, he's somewhere else the entire time. He's like, oh, fuck, I'm sorry, guys. Line. You know, Line. you know, just pissing everybody off. And then like, you know, so that's why the, when he gets into the, into the trailer, it's like the blow up scene for the, you know. <laughs> He's like, Rick, fucking don't. You know, that I don't know, adds like an extra layer of like poignancy, you know. Yeah, Stop sure. your drinking now. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's great because Trudy makes scene. him a better actor. She yeah. does. And mm. makes him, you know, it, he's finally found that next step for his career. And it just, he, he still has it. He still got it. And love that for his character. Yeah, which is funny because you think of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is just like idolizing like that generation. But I think the writing of Trudy is like, hey, the only way we can survive is with the next generation. Like we mm. need a cycle. We need younger talent in, in Hollywood. I, don't know. What I want do you to get guys that so bad now. All think of Sharon Tate's role in this movie. I think it's. Does she need to be there? Yes. That's my exact thought. <laughs> yeah, she no. Does. She does. I mean, it's it's a nice quiet scene where she's like seeing her own movie, like. As somebody who's like on a really small scale, as somebody who's made like a like a music video, I remember it being really cool to go to the, my premiere. You know, it's just in my living room, but you yeah. know, I had a bunch of people around and we're all watching it. That feeling is really cool. Yeah. So I I can kind of understand what she's going through, and um, you know, it kind of gets overshadowed by the the foot scene, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everyone. A lot of people throw around a love letter to the movies. This is a love letter to the movies. That scene is a real love letter to the movies. Because it also ties into what Rick's doing. He's working so freaking hard on just like one scene and like one line. And Mm -hmm. he keeps messing it up. And it's going to play for one second on television. And everyone's going to forget about it. Yeah. Whereas Sharon, she's in that movie theater with like, what, like five other people. But they're all laughing. And she was like, you know what? That training was worth it when she was uh, sparring with... I think it was, was it Bruce Lee? I think, yeah. I think it was the same guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it looked like it. And that was just like such a nice little rewarding moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, there's a trivia fact here about yeah. that. So that same theater that she saw that movie in, Quinn Tarantino took a date there to see the movie True Romance, which he wrote the screenplay for, that exact theater. And that's, I think, another part of the love letter where he actually, oh, you know, huh. it's more a part oh, of him. That's really cool. Yeah. Love letter to himself. Love letter to himself. Oh, love letter okay. to his career, in other words. Yeah, he's another sure. waning director where he's getting kind of up there in mm-hmm. age, too. And it's and he knows it, though, because like, that's why he's so intent on the 10 movies thing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's why he considers. I don't. 
he considers Kill Bill to be, you know, Kill Bill 1 and 2 to be one movie. I don't know. I think it's, they're two very different tonal movies to me. So somebody rightfully said, I paid twice. It's two movies. (laughs) (laughs) I, I bought two tickets. I didn't buy one ticket. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because if you're going to say that, then like that means that like you know Harry Potter uh, and Deathly Hallows Part One and right. Part Two are one movie. Mm-hmm, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, and do like you count, said, like, paid four twice. rooms where he like directed like a part of it. Does that count? Exactly. Yeah, uh, you know? it gets messy. I actually messed that up a little bit. That's okay. Um, so it wasn't that exact theater, but he did take a theater to see a movie like that. But he has also been to that theater separately on a separate occasion. Gotcha. But like it, so it's kind of a mix of the two. In other words, doesn't so, he own a theater? He does. He owns really? a Cinerama. Huh. Which is like a dome theater, and um, and there's the New Beverly, that's like his theater, and it's always it's only film because he's very much a stickler about 35 right. millimeter. Yeah, of course, because he always shoots on film. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I had the chance to see it on 35, and oh my god, <laughs> so worth it. The movie theater that I was working at at the time, the movies basically were a, uh, the Aladdin remake, the Lion King remake, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, Annabelle, whatever, Toy Story 4, Spider-Man 15. Reboots and cash grabs. Spider-Man Reboots and cash grabs. <laughs> and, yeah, like, Spider-Man 15 was my favorite one. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> With the 15 different from the multiverse? No, I think it was something else. That's a good one. <laughs> and then there's this movie, which is an original movie. Kind of inspired by true events, shot on film with big actors in it. That's that like that was kind of the selling point of the movie. Is like Tarantino is one of our last like directors that I think is a household name. Like maybe him and Nolan. Yeah, maybe Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele, and I th- I would argue Chazelle's up there too. He's yeah, only made three movies, but you know well, he's he's, he's, helping he's helping out. Coming if anything. Yeah, he's helping out the original content area. You and know. I right. think. Well, we're gonna have you on that podcast Very for the excited. next uh, David Chazelle movie. Very excited to talk about um, that. Babylon, that's it. Mm-hmm. You got Three it. hours of here we go. Cocaine and <laughs> cocaine insanity. And kind of basically the same same thing as this, basically. Kind of yes, in a way. Yes. It's very reminiscent mm-hmm. of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but hopefully I I, I don't want to say better. Because I like this movie a lot. I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. But I'm I'm expecting bigger things from this. I don't want to overhype myself. I'm just excited for Tobey Maguire. Mm-hmm. Like, he, looks, crack, he looks fucking awesome crack, in it. Yeah. You know? People are comparing him to <laughs> Alfred Molina and Boogie Nights, and I'm like, I am oh, there. Ooh. I am there. Yeah. And both Margot Robbie. Uh, yeah. yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. She's really good. You don't uh, like Margot Robbie? Yeah. She's all right. But uh, yeah, my, my <laughs> fan theory, for yeah, I haven't seen, I've only seen the trailer, and I, had, I know nothing about the movie. My fan theory is that um, he is uh, Nick... I think it's Nick Carraway from Great Gatsby. He's just kind of just like after after Great Gatsby, he just like you know got really coked up and just start hung out in Gatsby's mansion after that. And like that, this is the new character in Babylon. Cool. <laughs> that's my that's That'd my fan theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a little tease to our next movie eventually in, in the next month or so. We get that one out. Um, so where are we in this movie? Um, <laughs> oh, Sharon Tate. We were still talking about Sharon Tate. Yes. Is yeah. she yeah. Gavin? We were on you. Do you think she's important to the story? <laughs> I mean, like, I like, 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 like you were saying, I like the scenes that she's in. Like, I, no, she's not. <laughs> like, like I, I like the scenes that she, in, that she's in. I like what, like the premiere and she's like hearing the people like, woo. Yeah. Like in the background. Mm-hmm. And she's like, this is awesome. Like, yeah. Oh my God. And you see like her practicing like the, the uh, choreography for like the fight. Um, but, does she really? She doesn't really add much to the movie. Like whenever she she kind of is just there. She she's there as a symbol, I think. Mm-hmm. And 
Well, yeah, I think I'm, I'm not I'm not entirely certain, but like I thought Tarantino said something where like, he wants he wants this movie to be the the transition, or he says the Sharon Tate murder was like the transition from the innocence of like loss of innocence for Hollywood. I think that's what he was trying to go for. And like, if he's trying to say that with this movie, of course you got to show the innocence first and then it, you know, being saved, but yeah. 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 And um, Sharon Tate is also bringing in Roman Polanski, her husband at the time um, played by somebody. I forgot. I'm sorry. I'm on it. Thank you, Dan. Um, (laughs) He's our fact checker. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I think Polanski is also kind of a big part of this movie. Oh, I, I do not know how to pronounce that name. That's fine. <laughs> Should we just put it up at the bottom of the screen? It's right here. <laughs> it's right here. Uh, you're you're going to have to make uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, Polanski's also, there's a couple little Easter eggs thrown in there. Uh, the bookstore that Sharon Tate goes to before she sees the Wrecking yes. Crew. She picks up a book for her husband, uh, The Tess of the D'Urbervilles, which Polanski ended up remake uh, adapting a couple years later. So like that was kind of a little foreshadowing that I think Tarantino threw in there. Um, and then also the, the final crane shot could be a callback to Chinatown, which he made after Sharon Tate got murdered and he became totally disillusioned with California and made a movie about like, hey, California sucks. It's a great movie. Chinatown's like one of the classic noirs. So moving on to the Spawn movie ranch. Um, mm. So we had Cliff Booth go in there uh, to see what's his face. Um, George. 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 Spahn. George. Um, and then, you know, get all the, the Manson family members. They're what exact they're, they're living there, but they're giving horse tours through the mountains. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, you gotta make a living somehow. Your money. I guess you gotta get your money somehow. It's weird. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, there's not much really to talk about in that scene, except we get more of how Cliff Booth is just kind of, you know, a badass. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's still some compassion going on with him. Cause he still wants to make sure that George Spahn isn't being, yes. Totally taken advantage, taken advantage of? of? Yeah. <laughs> she totally is, but... Oh, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. What are you going to uh, do? I love, yeah. I, love the, I love when like he's about to leave and he's just like, she loves me, so suck on that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because... That was Dakota Fanning, too, which is yes. so yeah. jarring. Mm-hmm. It's like Uptown Girls, you know, like, yeah. just like, oh, it's the cute little... Oh. <laughs> you know, it's just like... <laughs> Take a shower. Like, yeah, like, right. Actually, oh and also Sydney Sweeney. Oh, yeah. The Euphoria Oh, my God. And um, uh, Austin Butler. Butler. Yeah. Mr. Elvis. But um, I really like Bruce Dern as George. Because, I mean, it must have been a really nice role. You just put on your pajamas and you just lay in bed for a while. <laughs> yeah. And then Brad Pitt kind of like nudges you a bit. But originally it was supposed to be Burt Reynolds. Oh, yeah. Tarantino oh. wanted Burt Reynolds in the role. That would have been interesting. Yeah. Sadly, Burt Reynolds passed away before filming yeah. started, so yeah. they had to go with Bruce Dern, but I think Bruce Dern's phenomenal. He did a great job. Well, yeah, actually, that bit. adds a little context to like what I'm thinking, because now Burt Reynolds seems to me like what Cliff was mm. would be in his prime, or like Burt Reynolds' prime. So, like in a way, and that and that changes the whole context for me, where it's like Cliff is looking at himself in the future, be like, hey, you know, some shit's going to, you know, better watch out. Yeah. Hmm. So, oh, that makes better sense. You better watch Ice, I better not cry. I'll tell you why. Seasonal. <laughs> um, Happy holidays, everyone. <laughs> I must have seen it before. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, sorry, anything else to say about Tex and all the Manson members there? It's also a really nice, like, inversion of what we expect from Tarantino. Yeah. Like, when he's going in, like, it's so tense. Everyone's just, like, watching him. You get that shot right before he goes in, he turns around, and there's just all these people staring at him. And you're expecting a bloodbath. You're expecting a Tarantino shoot him up, 
blood everywhere and you just get a little bit of it yeah like i was like oh it all worked out and then like he like you get the part with the car at the end i'm like there it is (laughs) there's tarantino yeah yeah And that was immensely satisfying though <laughs> to see that like yes. as soon as like yeah it's happening good because like i don't know car stuff anything with that is just so visceral you're like oh yep. mm-hmm. yes yes <laughs> oh man shit oh no that's cool he's only he knocked over the boy he didn't use the force in time oh, oh no the child oh my god you you, you fucked him up oh, yeah, the child. <laughs> <laughs> all right there we um, go so Basically, now we're in the third act. So, um, Rick goes to Italy to make the Italian movies, which he said he wasn't going to do. He ends up doing it. Comes home with a new wife. Needs a paycheck. Yeah, gets a paycheck. (laughs) And uh, then we get that uh, final, final battle, (laughs) Mm. Mm. which is just—it's the movie. It is. Yep. Literally the whole movie. Yeah. See, um, I see. I didn't watch the last half hour. Of this. I don't remember every little part of it. So if somebody else wants to take over from here and kind of describe it. <laughs> Ironically, I, I think- just, I just want to say it, it feels like it came out of nowhere. Cause like, the, okay. So this is like, I, I only watched it one time. Like yeah. This is your first, first time seeing The first it, yes. time watching it. So when I, when that first happened, I was like, where is like, where is this coming from? Like they just <laughs> sort of showed up with like the knives and they're like, all right, we're going to get them. And I was like, what? Wait, where, this is where this is going. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, it just sort of shows up, but it's, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's very weird, Bloodbath. but I, but I love it though. Yeah. 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 The, the one thing that I, I, the couple things I want to mention first of which is that phenomenal montage of the neon signs lighting up. Yeah. Set oh yeah. Rolling stones out of time. Yep. It gets me every time I get so emotional just thinking about it. Cause it's such like, you feel like, oh my gosh, there's half an hour left. No, I don't want to leave. Yeah. I don't want to leave this world. No, don't, 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 don't. And, you're, and the Rolling Stones are literally saying, hey, baby, you're out of time. Mm-hmm. We're, we're done. And then um, Kurt Russell's narration is very interesting to me because it almost becomes like a, like a dateline at 12.59 p.m., uh, oh yeah like like he starts breaking it down like minute by minute yeah. and it's like oh no, no. is it like a true crime story kind of thing it's almost like it, a true crime it's story kind of like the sharon tape murder so like it's, yeah. it's yeah. leading up to that exactly because because everyone in the audience is thinking oh my gosh at, at night yeah. the manson family's gonna come oh god they're yeah. gonna come they're gonna come yeah because after the man the first manson family scene you're gonna be you're thinking oh this is where it's leading mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and then you know it pulls a switcheroo on you mm-hmm. you know switcheroo. <laughs> yeah Speaking of the, um, you know, of the of the Italian thing, I think, um, well, so, well, so I, whenever I think about this movie, I think like the Italian movie kind of when they're on the plane. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. But and then I think of, um, I think of like Cliff and Rick's kind of relationship in this movie, mm-hmm. where he they're just you know he's just his bodyguard, but like Cliff is to to Rick, Cliff is his only friend, really is only like his only like where he can be honest about like be truly himself. But then it's kind of like a little sad because Cliff isn't really, you know, he's everybody's, you know, equal or like he, he, he has contacts with everyone and he thinks he's really closed off emotionally. So I, I don't know, for some reason when I think he's on the plane, um, he has something to do with like his wife, his new wife or whatever, but like, they're not, you know, they're not like a yeah. thing, you know, he's just purely out of like a Hollywood marriage, you know, yeah. like they're just purely for the looks in the in the PR the impending nepotism yeah yeah <laughs> Rick is sitting up in first class with a, with his nice drink and the little uh, toothpick 
Cliff's stuck in the back with a guy reclining his chair too far back. And yeah. he's like, well, <laughs> we're already starting to drift apart. Yeah. Very sad. Yep. Um, yeah. I, all I, the only thing I remember from that final battle is Cliff throwing a can at someone's face. And then the yeah. that's what I was going to say, that's like probably the most visceral, visceral, like scene of action to me. Cause it's just like right in the nose, you know, oh, I'm just like, Oh, and then he's yeah. slamming the head in the, Door, mm-hmm. oh, the yep, telephone yep. pole, the telephone <laughs> yeah. pole, like the yeah. fireplace or whatever. The the, yeah, the, the mantle, dogs. Like, oh my god, the dog. And that, yeah. I don't know who that actress is that's getting attacked. Her screams are incredible. Yeah. Oh yeah. I always true. like flinch. I'm like, oh. Well, she has a knack for being lit on fire <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. she's also lit in fire um, in Scream. She's the she's the oh, villain yeah, in that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, uh, yeah, she, <laughs> I guess that's her gig. I guess you know? that's her. Yeah, she's typecast as a burner. I don't know. <laughs> <a burner. laughs> got a burner. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I actually, it's funny you mentioned that because, like, while I was watching it, I had like the volume turned up really loud, and like yeah. my, my upstairs neighbors were home, and I was like, I'm just gonna like turn this down a little bit because, like, it sounded like. Gavin, stop murdering this people one. in your room. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> it's like no, it's Tarantino killing people. <laughs> but yeah, like he, the dog is like gnawing that on that guy's stuff mm-hmm. for like Ugh. a long time. Yes. you know, Poor like and you hear him screaming in the background, like ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. that that was that was one of those moments where, if you're lucky enough to see it in a theater. Yeah, everyone just oh, yeah. loses it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck them up. It's yeah. so uh, satisfying. It got like a huge standing ovation at the can- cans, cans, Can. cans, cans, cans. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, film festival. Yeah, from what I remember. Yeah, I mean, but like, I don't know how, how much to like really believe. Like, didn't one of those movies got like a thirty-minute standing ovation? Yeah, what is it? Like, Pan's Labyrinth got like a twenty-one minute. Like, imagine clapping for twenty-one minutes. Just that's that's that. crazy. It's how? Yeah. How do you clap for twenty-one minutes? Uh, they come in without waves. Being, without like is everyone like just kind of like chilling, yeah. just like standing around? Like I, they have to exaggerate it somehow. You can't be like, like the same at least the same energy. Like oh my god, yeah. I know Twenty one minutes you later, were like, waiting for the whale. We've heard that one has gotten like a six or seven minute standing ovation. Yeah, that's, for that's a long time so, if you think like, about it. Yeah? yeah, and sadly, I don't think that's coming anywhere around here for that movie. We'll but, see. We'll um, see. You think oh. everyone there just kind of has it in their mind? Like, yeah, we're going to be like this super long clap. Mm. Like, and when people start, stop clapping, like the person next to him. Like, not, not, not yet. Stop. Hey, no, hey, it's hey, like, it starts going down. Don't that one worry with like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. We got to glue him down. Girl, hold him. Yeah, hold the boy. There, there you go. go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, well, man. <laughs> I will say I like the, I like the buildup to that when like, um, what's his face? Just like has the gun pointed at Cliff. He's like, I'm the devil. I'm here to do the devil's work or something. And Cliff is just like stone. He's just like, <laughs> just like, <laughs> just like laughing right, at each right. other. Oh, wait, wait. Doesn't he say, it? Yeah. Like, who's this? That's the devil. <laughs> oh, wait, no. Oh, oh something yeah. stupider oh, than that. No, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, at, at, see, when he's talking to the cops at the end, he's just like, ah, he said he was the devil. He was here to do devil shit (laughs) (laughs) that's the line i was trying to remember because i couldn't remember it it was so funny (laughs) um oh man yeah but this movie overall man it's just so well done Mm -hmm. in every aspect production design acting (laughs) directing like just yeah deserved all the nominations it got i think the the funniest part of this movie is just how like like 
boomer like old man like rick is right right before he grabs the, like you know he's just chilling in, in his pool and then a girl comes out screaming <laughs> he's like what the fuck and he's just like you know he's like i'm fucking done with these fucking hippies you know and he just nonchalantly walks over he was all just gruntled he walks over to the shed he just like nonchalantly just, <laughs> just sprays her with the, yeah. with the fucking flamethrower like, yeah i thought he was like running away i didn't even know at first where he was yeah, going. I'm, like, like, oh. I'm done with these hippies man yeah Oh my oh god! god. <laughs> who would give an actor a real life flamethrower, a working flamethrower? Yeah, like at the time, wouldn't that, that be like military only? Like Probably. you know? Who <laughs> would think? Who would think? Jeez. Um, yeah. So, all right. I think we're we're running low on time here, guys. So, okay. uh, any last thoughts on this movie before we rate it? Um, I think it's everything that he had worked up to in his career. I think this is the apex of his career. Um. He says he's going to make one one last movie. I hope it's an original one, and then I hope it's good. Yeah. All right. Mm. Gavin? Um, it was interesting. Uh, it wasn't what I was expecting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Tarantino. Um, but yeah, I think it was great. I think it was like a, a love letter to just like cinema in general. I love seeing all the like old like filming techniques film shot on like the old like eight millimeter, 35 millimeter, whatever films. Um, I loved the scene where they put Leo in the great escape. Uh, just, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> just, I just want to touch on that. Yeah. Um, Cause that was the really rare cool. CGI by um, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 I liked it. Yeah. I mean, I just want to go back to the point where like the love letter to cinema, um, it's used as like the, like the meme for like a lot of stuff right now. But when yeah. Rick's like, Hey, you know, he's like points. It's like, Oh, it's me on TV. That's like the little, like little kid lighting up in him. It's like, Hey, that's me on TV. Oh my God. It's crazy. You know? Mm-hmm. So I just like that. You know, that's gotta be what Tar- how Tarantino feels when he's like, Oh, uh, that shot I did, you know, it's like, you know, I thought about it. Like, I made you know, that. I made that, you know? <laughs> so this is definitely like Tarantino in his element and, um, you know, just doing what he wants. This like, you know, like, um, you know, one for them one for me right you know and lately tarantino's i think he did his career out of order he's like a lot of a lot of ones for them and then lately with these like period pieces like one for me you know like especially changing history you know like the um and that's why like i one of the rare movies to like really end on a super happy note for tarantino you know yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even though yeah. it was a bloodbath <laughs> yes yeah. like i think Django and chain does it too yeah. Yeah. they they satisfying ending Hateful Eight, everyone's dead. Yeah, Hateful Eight's a really depressing ending. Sam Jackson's like, just like holding on for dear life. Yeah, I, I was reg- absolutely sad when I like, saw he's that just like, once. you know. Yeah, I've yet to go back to it. Yeah. But yeah, like, um, I was surprised if our dogs end. Everyone dies in that one. Oh yeah, everyone's yep. gone. Um, Pulp Fiction, technically the end of the movie is Zed's dead, baby. Zed's, Zed's dead, dead. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Kill Bill. Kill Bill, she... Kill Bill, she rides kills, off into the sunset, kills. right? <laughs> I would have never guessed that. <laughs> oh, yo. So, um, Paul at work, he, uh, he has a good theory for like, you know, he wants, he always wants, which Paul we have like a lot yeah. of, Paul's. uh, uh, Pooh. Okay. He wants, uh, <laughs> he wants, uh, his last movie to be kill bill three. And he said he, uh, he lines it up perfectly with, um, to be, uh, I forgot her name. Um, the, the demolitions expert, uh, her daughter, you know, she, uh, kiddo lets her live. Oh. No, so she's gonna come back. So it's right. so now it's kill the bride or kill kiddo or something like oh, that. You know, okay, right. so that'd be a, that'd be Kill Bill three. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a cool idea. But I don't remember the Kill Bill movies, honestly. <laughs> so, those are those like Sept hated hated that one. I'm just like, I well, it's them. it's that's the point. It's like it's supposed to be like 
kung fu-y and like yeah. you know super schlocky and you yeah, know no, that no, stuff. No, it doesn't have the depth of this yeah. yeah this one definitely is very more like well thought about yes you know yeah. and i mean the, that one ends yeah. with like a kung fu technique that makes someone's heart explode yeah, the, yeah. i can't remember what they call that's it, so like, fucking <laughs> awesome though <laughs> yeah <laughs> wild all right, Danny, what do you give it? I give this one, so I don't think it's his best. Inglorious Bastards is a soft spot for me. So um, I can't I can't rate it higher than that. I think I gave Inglorious Bastards like a 95 or something. So, you know, I'm going to give this one a 90. 90? It's almost perfect. Yeah, I'm going to give this one an 89. I was close to yours. I was I was thinking, I, I don't think it's different. It's not quite a 90 just because of like all the dead space in the movie that nothing's mm. happening. And... um Margot Robbie just isn't needed to me, but I get it. I get the symbolism, but I just don't think she's needed in this movie. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why it's an 89 for me. I'm an easy grader just because I have no room in my heart for negativity. I guess it's a hundred. Oh, uh, there you go. hundred. Is it your favorite one? Yes. Oh, <laughs> my favorite Tarantino, but also it's not my favorite movie that came out in 2019. Okay. Because Uncut Gems exists. Oh, oh, yeah. We still have yet to do that one. That one's great. I got on a performance of a lifetime. I, I would actually recommend that you don't have me on because you guys won't get a word in Edgewise. <laughs> That's if fine. you ever talk about it. That's fine. That's fine. We get tired of talking. Maybe that'll be Gavin's. Viking <laughs> <laughs> remake was number three. Of the year. <laughs> Gavin, that'd be your next one, Uncut Gems. But maybe. Ooh. Anyway. Uh, I'd, I'd give it an 80. An 80? Yeah. Okay. I liked it. Um, I think I want to rewatch it though. Yeah, like, it's definitely rewatchability. Yeah. yeah, it's got that. Because like, I don't know. I feel like I might have missed a few things the first time through. So, but solid though. I really liked it. Next time we rewatch it, have a whiskey sour. Then I'll have to watch it a set another time. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, you're Rick fucking from Rick fucking Dalton. Gavin fucking Leach. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Drinking and stick. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're, uh, we're wrapping this one up yeah. here. Um, so, yeah, we're seeing it before. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok with the handle SC. Start that again. Well, I think we're wrapping it up here. So, I, you can find us. Nope. Wow. I have not messed this Line. up so long. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram and TikTok with the handle seen it before. Damn it. Damn fucking walk. <laughs> At oh. seen it before oh, no. cast. I know what it is. Or Twitter at uh, SIB underscore pod. He's Dan. I'm Danny. You can find me on Instagram at Danny underscore Waz or my letterbox and serialized at DJ Waz or on my YouTube channel, which is just Danny Waz. And uh, you guys like to plug anything? Um, no, you can find me on Letterboxd, Cam Kircher. Um, it's down there on the graphic. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, we've got a very nice little graphic. It's very nice. <laughs> Don't look for me. <laughs> Don't look for me. <laughs> There's a lot of people who just don't who don't like plug anything. So I have like a big list of CGs where it's just like just their names, like just the names. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> show like no last names either. You know. <laughs> All right, so, well, but I like anonymity. Yeah, you know, mom's the right. word. Well, <laughs> Cam, we look forward to having you on Babylon in the uh, next month of show. Gavin, we'll get you on again soon. I'm sure. As for those of you, it's been an honor as usual. We'll see you next time.